You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett, where I have the awesome fun of bringing you great information from great speakers, great thinkers, great teachers in dentistry to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today I bring back one of my favorites, Dr. Uchi Odiatu, one of the greatest speakers in all of dentistry. If you've never seen him, you got to see him. He makes my life better every time. And today we talk about are you rested or rest less and its implications on your body. You will love this episode. So check it out. We'll see you guys soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. I can't believe I get to do this job. I get to have so much fun. And most of it is because I'm not the sharpest guy, but I get to surround myself with people that are crazy, brilliant, full of energy. And you know what? They just make this profession a whole lot of fun. And I have one of my dear friends, one of my favorite people in all of dentistry. And I know that's the same case for you if you've ever met this guy, Uchi Odiatu. And we're going to be talking about are you rested or rest less? What's happened in dentistry, not only for providers, but for patients as we come back into this new world. So, Uchi, thanks for being here, brother. Appreciate you. Okay, always a pleasure. Love sharing. So let's get this thing on the road. You have 30 minutes. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's get at it, you know? Yeah, let's get at it. But I also, I got to start here because... I love having you on, and uh, I've got a lot of new listeners now. So who's okay. Uchi Odiatu before we go down this path? Who are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm many things. I'm a child of the universe. I am a, a dentist of, what, 25 years. I'm certified as a personal trainer, professional member of the American College of Sports Medicine, certified yoga teacher, and a boot camp instructor. Uh, I, am, I am so many things. I'm an author. I lecture. I, I work chairside. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm in the office three days, actually four days this week. So I'm in there, you know, taking two months off now from travel, a lot of travel woes around the world. But uh, I spoke in a number of different cities over the last um, six, nine, ten months. But uh, so that's who I am. I'm, I'm a student. I'm curious. I'm inquisitive. And that keeps my energy levels high. I, you know, I, I did a post yesterday on Instagram saying um, being quiz inquisitive, being curious, losing that been there, done that T-shirt uh, keeps you young. And yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I, that's who I am. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I'm telling you guys, if you ever see Uchi anywhere at a big meet, go and squeeze in the room. You'll have to wait in line because he always has those velvet ropes and there's somebody taking tickets and there's a whole bunch of people that get turned away. But by osmosis, you're going to gather so much energy and Uchi, you always make my life better every single time. Every, every single time we talk and uh as you before you and i hit the go button you were talking about like these these missed perceptions we thought of what the pandemic was going to do can you explain that you know we were, we thought we'd come back really well rested ready rearing to go and and that isn't always the case just explain the why behind this yeah and I, myself included you know back in march 2020 i thought okay so a time out some downtime i can invest in my health and have a reserve and I think after however long length of time an office was shut down or the nation or the world was quieter, um, I was under the impression, uh, and it's, it, was a, it was a myth, obviously I was wrong, that I'd come back rested and ready to go full bore when everyone was getting back. And I'm not on all, you know, six or eight cylinders. You know, it, it's funny. I really thought that I would come back rested. But I think I say most people have gained some weight. I think uh, most of us haven't slept, you know, that seven, eight, nine hours um, most people have challenges with the team getting uh, a good team together because of you know the great resignation they've called it. So I think many many of us thought we'd have an emotional reserve and a physical reserve and a financial reserve, but I think a lot of us are, are working on fumes. And you see that you know see that on the news. You know people don't have that resiliency. Is that what you found, Kurt? Mm -hmm. What's 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 been your experience? Yeah, um, I I don't know if I'm a good one for this, but because I was sharing with you. You know, I did have reserves when I went into the pandemic. I also don't deal with lack of predictability. So as the pandemic continued, I, I don't mind sharing this, like my weight ballooned up to 247 pounds. And so, um, and my default stress mechanism was to eat. And so okay. we would eat a lot or maybe have a few too many glasses of wine. And the pandemic just kept adding to that. And so I was not in a good place. And I almost had a panic attack. I actually did have a panic attack during that whole time. And then once we started getting out of it, it forced me to recreate some things. And one of them was like, I wasn't going to live like that anymore. So you got me into the fasting thing. I started just, and it's crazy. Like at my stage of the game, I just got to feel better. So I don't know if I'm the perfect person to lay this out, but I do know this. There are things I wanted prior to the pandemic. I don't want them now. And I know that health, when you say health is the, is the first wealth, you aren't kidding, brother. Yeah, I, I think you did a good job. You said you, you dropped that weight. I, could, I couldn't believe you're the, the, the size of a, you know, uh, 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 the Rams linebacker. Well, like, well you're, that's what everybody, everybody says. It, so I'm 6'3", and gosh, I've never talked about this, but I was 247 at the conclusion of the, you know, right in the middle of that, and now I'm 217. And I'll just tell you, my wife, you have been important part. The fasting thing was not, I didn't like it, but it works and it really works. And so now I grab a handful of nuts. If, if I ever get hungry, I have almonds, but the sleep thing is important too. And so um, I, take us down this path because it has multiple implications on our health other than just our weight. Yeah, well, well it's only natural that when people are stressed, they eat. You know, you think of the Paleolithic man and woman, you know, for the last million and a half years, up to about 10,000 years ago, anytime we were stressed, it was many times it was a lack of food, it was a famine. So our DNA, our genes, our cellular structure when we sense stress, we think famine's coming. So if there's available food, and food is cheap now, you know, back in, I've read that in the 1950s and 60s, food is almost 30 to 40% of every, someone's take home pay. Uh, now food is only 6%. So food is cheap, it's abundant. 
So when you have stress, food is very easily, you know, look at all the de- home deliveries and DoorDash and all these companies that have taken advantage of, which is fine. But most people's go-to for stress is, is eat more. But um, technically, though, you look at our physiology, we've been designed to go up to 30 days without food. Mm-hmm. You know, the only reason why you and I are here is for the last million, two, three, four million years ago is that our ancestors survived. And we've survived because we can go up to a month without food. So if you and I were stuck in an elevator, if it didn't open, the doors, those, we were stuck for 30 days, we'd be fine. But that's why people say after four hours into not eating, they go, hmm, I'm hungry. No, you're not. You, you can go up to 30 days without eating. And that's what you got to remember. That's why fasting works so well, getting your body back to where it, you can listen to the inherent wisdom of the body. Yeah. And talk about this, too, because you were mentioning you're noticing this with patients. They're coming back with paper thin nerves, too, and just not as calm as what you previously experienced. And that's kind of the, the paradoxical shift that you're, you're experiencing even in your own practice. Well, patients, you see that, you know, instead of just looking at teeth and gums, and a lot of good doctors out there look at, you know, head to toe, but most of us still look at crowns and a fractured tooth and TMJ. But, um, you know, people, you know, how much of the population is working from home? We always thought working from home was going to be a nice casual affair, but a lot of companies found out people working from home actually worked too long, too hard, taking calls and returning calls and, uh, and emails from clients 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. I did some uh, webinars on holistic health and wellness for the corporate world for two for different financial companies. And they said, managers are working too hard. They got they tell them, don't answer a call after five o'clock. You shouldn't yeah. train your clients that you return emails nine, 10 o'clock at night. You're setting the bar high now for the whole company. These are big companies. So I found people have all come back or come back and want to get the economy going with not much left. You know, we haven't slept well. We haven't eaten well. In the beginning, everyone was like doing Tai Chi and doing YouTube yoga and saying, oh, this is great. But we fell off the wagon fairly quickly. And so people aren't rested physically in a good place. They haven't eaten healthy. They're not sleeping well. So I find that patients are definitely, and I'm seeing them now, and just in the last couple of days with new patients, or even recare patients, people are coming in. You see some lichen planus. You see the scallop border on the tongue from people um, clenching at nighttime from airway issues, just from autonomic nervous system dysfunction. Uh, and new patients love it, though. I find new patients love it when the dentist is not just talking crowns and whitening. Yeah. You talk about how stress shows up in the mouth. You talk about, you know, I'm going to refer you to a naturopathic doctor or an osteopathic doctor to get some information on how your autonomic nervous system is getting. I even had a long-term patient. She's been in her office for 30, 40 years. I started talking about how the fact that I looked at this, her scallop board. And I said, oh, I said, let me take a picture of your tongue. She goes, why? I said, it looks like you're clenching at night. She goes, I have a night guard. I said, well, you're doing it enough that during the day I can still see the border. I said, and if you take uh, some tight socks off your ankle and two hours later at the end of a busy day, you'll see that that little imprint is gone. I said, it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I can still see the border of your teeth marks on your tongue. She goes, so what are you telling me? I said, well, um, anytime the body's under duress or stress, what happens is the body puts the immune system on hold. And I said, if you look at now your, your GI issues coming up and your eczema coming back, and she goes, you're giving me lots to think about. She goes, I didn't think I would talk about this stuff in the dental office. I said, well, it's within our scope of practice. We see stress show up in the mouth. So patients love it when you start talking total head to toe care. And I'm not just trying to get them into the office more often for hygiene, but I do tell them, if you have stress in parts of your life, not enough sleep, overeating, and it's showing up your mouth, one way to reduce your inflammatory burden is to not just come in twice a year for hygiene, come in three or four times. So they're loving this. And so it, it, it's all part of that holistic health game. And it's not just about changing amalgams to resin. It, it's looking at stress and how it shows up in the mouth and talking about sleep and talking about 
um, nutrition at the same time. Yeah, I love this. And if you're a dentist listening, you can see the opportunity here because other healthcare providers, even seeing your regular MD, heck, trying to get in to see your dermatologist, it's a six and a half month wait just to get an appointment. So you can clearly see a dentist talking about these things, whole health with the with the airway aspect, you know, inflammation. It's an awesome opportunity to become a value provider for human beings, don't you think? Yeah, no, I, I love it. And it's, it's, it's all within our scope of practice. We just got to get ourselves outside that old world crown filling, crown filling, uh, grafting recession. Like, let's talk, if a person's falling asleep during a procedure, if a person's got dark circles, if the person's, you know, itching their eye, uh, if the person's it's in for a five o'clock appointment and you said, have you been home yet? Doc, I, I, I work from home, but I've been going on the go since 6 a.m. Right. And, and I'll show how it's showing up in your mouth, sir. Like, how is that possible? And you start describing how systemic levels of inflammation, higher levels of CV active protein show up as uh, a, a hyper response to uh, a normal stimulus of the biofilm. Like they have blood all over their bib or, you know, you start looking at the teeth and you're looking at your occlusion by checking with articulating paper and you're getting blood on your fingers. And, and I say, what's happening anywhere is happening everywhere. I said, if the gums are fragile here, if the tissue is fragile here, what's it like in your head, sir? What's it like in the rest of your body? You get their attention pretty quickly and it's not as i'm not trying to sell something i'm just trying to share with them i'm seeing other things and you know do you need to you know buy more uh, whitening gel you know there's things going on that that need our discussion yeah Uch, what's your hypothesis on this you know i feel like we know more now than ever there's more books written on nutrition there's more shows on nutrition there's more there's more information than ever on how to be healthy but I don't think we're seeing it in a dental office that the byproduct is people are getting healthier. What do you think? Yeah, that, that, that whole concept, you're right. That, that whole concept, knowledge is power. We have more, and even Google, how to get a flat stomach, you'll find it. You can Google what's the best source of magnesium online and you can get the results. But taking action on it is a whole other thing. It's not just taking action. A lot of people are motivated, but three days in, they've lost the motivation. Um, I, I'm not sure, it's a few different things, obviously. What motivates people to take care of themselves in one aspect? And what makes people not take care of themselves in other aspects? You know, Warren Buffett, you know, he's worth 110 billion, but I'm sure his waistline is inches wise is more than half his height. Um, Elon Musk, he's just turned 51. But again, is he physically, I'm not sure what he does physically, like financially incredible, a uh, huge abacus mind, you know, going to the, wanting to go to Mars and everything else. But physically, you know, he, he does look like he doesn't take care of himself that well. Like, you know, he looks mm. heavier, unless it's a bulletproof vest he's wearing. I, I don't know. Yeah. But um, so that being said, um, some people have tremendous discipline in w one area and no discipline in another area. But what I've read is that wherever, whichever area of your life you have discipline, you have you enjoy the results of that. But any areas of your and my life or our listeners' lives that have no discipline, we do not enjoy that area. Just like if someone doesn't enjoy the discipline of having a clean garage and it's messy, you hate parking your car in that thing. There's no room for it. Right. But if someone has a disciplined um, cleanliness about their garage, they love seeing all the things put away. They love the tile on the floor of the garage. So we need to translate that discipline in our in our high disciplined area to the low disciplined areas. How do we do that? Good question. If I could answer it, I would be uh, I would be the Elon Musk of uh, personal development. So yeah. So let's let's point out the why in this. So if you're a provider and you're restless, trying to help people be you know restful, that's going to show up in a big way. But let's say I'm a restless provider. Ooch, I don't feel good. You know, I haven't been feeling good. I haven't been sleeping well. You know, what you're saying is talking to me, like, give me some, give me a path out of this. How do I, where do I start? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think you can't take anyone on a journey that you yourself have been on. It doesn't come across as authentic. Like if you yourself are getting seven, eight, nine hours, if you yourself having a salad a day, 
if you if someone a, a provider out there has their a trainer, a provider is getting you know, I don't I'm not a big believer in ten thousand steps, but five thousand steps in. Um, if someone's having a lot of fulfill, fulfilling uh, fulfillment from their practice, you're you're an authentic communicator. Your conversation comes across so strong, it's very convincing. But when people saying I'm having a hard time. Uh, what do you call it? Um, translating my case presentations into into uh, treatment plans and production. I'm gonna have a hard time getting patients to say yes. Well, it's because you don't have the conviction. You know, conviction sells. You know, I saw just the example the other day. I saw Elvis uh, last weekend. Uh, uh, that movie, Elvis had conviction. Yeah. You know, he transcended. He took you know African American music, got it into rock and roll. He, the dancing, the the authentic communication. Obviously, he had some challenges. You know, his his twin brother had died at birth, that kind of thing. But he was so passionate. The whole world caught his fire. Like, you know, he'd start off in, in a quiet auditorium. Ten seconds in, people are leaning forward and screaming. So so I'm not it's nice to have patients that are screaming fans, but he had conviction. So and but again, look at Elvis though. That passion and all that emotional commitment every time he sang took a lot out of him. He was spent when if you look, if you saw the movie, I'm not sure if you saw the movie. I haven't. I've heard great things. What do you think? Incredible. Like it shows you when you're a passionate communicator, whether it's singing. Um, uh, Hanks played the part of Colonel Parker. He was a passionate marketer. Those two crossed paths. Incredible. Set the tone on a totally different level. Uh, people on his on his on his birthday, everyone still flocks around their house. Are people going to flock around our houses on on after we're gone, Kurt? You no, know, never. Flowers. I don't know. You never know. You, you, you consult a lot of people. I know you got a lot of uh, fans out there. But man, conviction is very persuasive. When I I saw the power of conviction in your message. And Elvis had conviction in his message and his song. Um, I think if, if dentists don't have that conviction in their treatment or the conviction in whole body health or if hygienists having challenges, patients aren't gonna sense it. And when they don't sense it, they're not saying no. It's like when you go into a dealership and someone's passionate about Mercedes or they love the Bentley or they love the, the Acura, you're thinking, man, I gotta get myself one of those. So yeah. we gotta get conviction. And But again, Elvis though, that conviction for a two hour concert, when the curtains closed, he was exhausted. He collapsed. And that's yeah. where the drugs, the drugs came in. So sometimes when you give your all, sure, you're convincing, but you have nothing left over for the after five o'clock shift, that five to midnight. And that's where people get into addictions and everything else. So um, conviction, a lot of people don't have conviction, but if you have the conviction, you better take care of yourself. You know, you better have a trainer. You better eat impeccably. You better not talk about skimping on the quality of your food. You better get yourself a sleep mask. You know, it's... Uh, that, yeah, so it's, it's a lot being said there in a couple of sentences, but uh, I look to Elvis as my motivation for conviction. But then he didn't have the self-care. Yeah. No one was looking at him as the trainer. No one was feeding him. He was getting, you know, fried bananas or whatever it was that he was eating. So no one was giving him a robotic and avocado. He was uh, eating Southern food, and but he put his heart into his song. Nothing left over for his friends, his family, and himself. Yeah. Hence, he left the planet of 42. Yeah, the, the, the conviction, it's still strong today. So I was in Memphis with my daughter for a soccer tournament. And of course, guess what I got to do? I got to go over and see Graceland. So, and did you know this? Like, it's the second most visited place in the United States, even to this day. So um, it's amazing. And he's got the racquetball thing. But you can see, like, that was not a safe haven of recovery. <laughs> no, know? no. But, 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 but you're right, though. T- t- Someone, he's passed away in 1977. So we're talking, what, 50, is it 65 years ago? Yeah. So 65 years after you and I are gone, will people we visit in our practices laying down wreaths and flowers for our message? Like, and why is my message not strong? Why not strong? Like, why aren't we saying 65 years after we're gone, 
that people aren't going to say, man, that Kurt, he, he changed the world. He changed, he changed the voice of consulting. He was the voice of podcasting. And people screaming as you walk by, you know, at the midwinter meeting. And, and why don't, why, don't, why aren't they? Why aren't, why aren't they? You know? They know, if you're listening to this, you'll, you know why. I'm not the smart guy. I just hang around with people like you. Like, and I'll hey, tell this story forever, but I was speaking in the room next to you and my own team members are like, do you mind if we go next door and just go watch Ooch? I'm like, my own team members are like jumping off ship to go see Ooch just translate the energy to a room and you do it. Um, yeah. So it's cool. Now go back to this. I want to talk about being paper thin and the restless piece of it, the stress response too. So we've talked about the physical components, but if you're a dentist seeing patients all day and you don't have that restful mind or you're not getting any sleep, your stress response is way off. Don't you think? Yeah, it's tough. You know, you're seeing, and everyone has anxiety unless they're getting their bleaching trays or they're getting their veneers placed on. There's a certain level of anxiety that's there on every patient, hygiene patients. Some people love getting their teeth cleaned. Most people think, okay, I tolerate it or I enjoy it, but somehow there's not that, you know, excitement. Like you, when you book a massage or a, a I you go for Manny Petties. Do you go for Manny Petties, Kurt? Or do you? I do. do. I have a lot of daughters. So like okay. they, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. They're awesome. Like if they can squeeze me in, it's awesome. Self-care, Manny Petty. Like this is our instrument. Like we mm-hmm. got to take meticulous care. Don't get the cheap sport manicure. Get the shellac, you know, get the blue. I'm, I'm joking. I'm get, you know, get, well, I, get I can say blocks. this too, because I don't care anymore. Like the, the one therapist that was working on my feet was like, you need to come here more frequently. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, this is a lot of work for me. So, you know. There's, there's nothing like self-care to make you feel valuable. Uh, you know, whether it's massage therapy, whether it's uh, physio. I go to physiotherapist once a year just to see how my body's aligned. Most people go to physiotherapist when they have a problem. Right. Go before you have a problem. Like they'll have you kneel down. They'll have you stand on one leg and twist you. They'll have you see how much your flexibility is from left to right. They'll see how much you can twist. They can see your tree pose. And they can, they can diagnose uh, a muscle dysregulation before you have the hip replacement, before you have the issues. Like right. you want to see how's your neck flexibility? Like how do you stand? What's your posture like? For $80, $90, you, they'll give you some tips, some exercises. And there you are, $90, you know, lesser out of your pocket. But man, they'll nip things in the three, four, five, ten 10 years out when someone has a joint issue. So, yeah. uh, so physio, uh, massage, uh, chiro, chiropractic, uh, mani-pedi, yeah. uh, good nutrition. But I think if, if someone's not feeling, if someone's been passionate about the, the dentistry, but you have fumes left over for your friends and your family, man, what does that got to say? You know, when the whole cliche about not wanting to spend more time at the office when you're passed away, but uh, um, you need equal passion for your personal life and your professional life because um, both fuel. I think a lot of dentists, we have, Clinically, we're incredible, like between Coise and Panky and Dawson and all these other programs, you know, we, but the courses on clinical are packed at conferences. The ones on leadership and the intangibles and communication, always lower attendance because people say, I want to know how to do a crown in eight minutes. But the fact that you have leadership issues and you don't have self-regulation issues, that's where you should be. Most dentists have challenges right. in the intangibles, not the clinical. Clinical, we're incredible, incredible schools we have, but it, it's, it's well, I, I don't want to call, call them soft skills. It's the intangibles. The, self-talk and the conversation with patients, that's where we have challenges. 
100%. And you could speak to this because you're a certified yoga instructor. And we've talked about this before. There's a hot yoga studio right across the street. When you come to Milwaukee, we're going over there. Sure. And like, I have to sit, I have to go to the back because my only thought is how do I get my foot up on my head? Number one, my brain can only be in one place. It's there. Like you can't let your mind drift. So for me, which I don't go as frequently as I probably should, but it's a great form of meditation. Like my brain has to be still during that time. The other thing is, is that I noticed and even through, there are systematic like pains that I have in my back and they're not related to my back. They're actually my hip. And so I'll just tell you, here's where I'm going with this. If I give myself one hour a week over there, it gives me like 10 back. Is that true? Like, nice. yeah, I mean, is that no. a good trade? No, I believe that. That's, it's a great, uh, that's a great analogy. I think that whole idea about uh, muscle dysregulation and bringing back better communication between your mind, muscle connection and your posture. It's incredible. You know, it's in a yoga class. People say, oh, yoga's not for me. I'm a guy or yoga's not for me, this, that, or I'm, I try Tai Chi. Well, there's different instructors. There's, like, there's different periodontists. There's different orthodontists. But I think as a dentist, don't go at the back. Go to the front, you know, and put your office name on the back. And people will be wondering, who the heck is that doctor from across the street? <laughs> because he, he must be, he, he or she must be such an enlightened person there in yoga class. I was, I was getting new patients all the time. My, my, my office name on the back. Can I say something, doctor? Are you a dentist? Yeah, I am. Where's your office? Man, oh, that's awesome. it's so intrigued people. So, you know, put your website on your butt for Downward Dog. It's a great marketing tool. You know, <laughs> even, if, even if the butt is flat, you know, people will be watching it, you know. So uh, that's one way to get new patients. But no, I love that integration of that mind-muscle connection with yoga or Tai Chi or Qigong. Um, these are all places to balance and 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 replenish our, our depleted physical reserve. Like if someone has good physical reserve, good emotional reserve and a financial reserve, you can weather a recession. Yeah. If you got a good emotional reserve, you can measure a family challenge. If you have good physical reserve, you can weather burning the candle at both ends for a week or during a rebuild or retooling your office. But if someone has poor physical reserve, poor emotional reserve and poor financial reserve, you can't weather any financial storm, any economic storm, any emotional storm, any physical storm. So uh, we need to rebuild our reserves so we can weather the storms because the storm's coming. You know, Tony Robbins talks about the storm coming. You can see the inflation, you know, in Canada, it's $8 a gallon for gas. Right. You think you're at six? Hey, we're at eight, you know. So we, the recession's coming. We're looking at this third quarter, what's going on. Uh, the Ukraine-Putin thing is still hasn't solved. Uh, you know, uh, um, I don't know. It's, it's, we go to bed at night unsettled. That's why I tell people, watch the fun shows on Netflix. You know, yeah. Kevin Hart has that song with the man from Toronto. Don't watch YouTube disasters. How many people got killed today? I watch Kevin Hart. I watch... Uh, Peter Davidson. I want to. I want to laugh and go to bed uh, with a lightheartedness um, all day long. I, I'm, I've got that intensity of being a practicing dentist, or you know, if I hear the hygienist and assistants out there. But I want to go to bed with a lighter heart to get good deep sleep and have my pineal gland pump out that melatonin for a stronger immune system. Yeah, I love that. And there's a great, I know you're a big fan of great books, but there's a great book I read years ago called Margin by Dr. Richard Swenson. And he basically said the deep subjective pains that we're experiencing is we're living up to our limits. And some people living, we're not designed. Human beings, God didn't design us to live all the way up to our limits and pass. And that's where a lot of our pains come from. So I think about that all the time too. It's okay to turn the TV off. Like it's okay to go to bed early. It's okay to give yourself an hour of exercise because you get it all back. Um, but yeah. I, I think that speaks to being just thin. It's not fun being thin. I'll tell you, my stress response is terrible when I'm thin. I'm quick. I just, I say the wrong things. I get a little frustrated. Yeah. So 
I don't know. Any any last thoughts you have on this, Ooch? If I'm uh, if I'm kind of in the middle between this rested and restless place, what would you suggest? Uh, I, I think it's, it's that self talk. I, I had a post the other day on my Instagram. I said people talk about conversations with colleagues and peers and team members. The most important conversation we have is with ourselves. Yeah. That self conversation is numero uno. And my mom, my beautiful mom, she passed away, you know, six years ago. But she, she was always about the self talk, that negative chatter. And she talked about how that to to always look. And it's technically, it's not just a Pollyannic. It, it's about treating yourself gently. Um, not that you still want to create some change, but in terms of watching that conversation and how many times you look in the mirror and go, ah, I can't stand the way that that wrinkle is, or I, I can't stand the way I look, look at my shoulder there. I wish wish my neck was thicker, or I, I wish I could afford a, whatever, a Hugo Boss suit. I look, and we're always self-deprecating. Why can't we have that uh, feeling? Hey, I'm a healthcare provider. I'm, I'm in the probably the top, one of the top three professions on the planet that's resilient against recession. Right. You know, why can't our self-talk be stronger? So I think if we made a commitment to ch- check ourselves in the moment of saying self, something that's going to put ourselves down, and I think the term is called metacognition, to catch ourselves either t- telling something that we don't like about ourselves or catching ourselves saying, oh, I'm so bad at this. Um, catch ourselves, and it's called metacognition. And when you, metacognition is catching yourself doing something you no longer want to do and you set the tone for a new conversation. And that's where I think this starts. It's the mindset of good self-care. It's a mindset of resiliency. Yeah. Now, tell me if you found this to be true, and I've heard this through other people, like 80% of most people's self-talk is negative. They never really tell themselves a good story about this. So I get it if it's hard for you to do that. And, and that's why you got to talk to other people. And I know you coach a few friends of mine. A few, and they, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you have Ooch coach? Yeah, like he coaches me on how to eat better, think better. Like, can you talk about that? Uh, I'm That self-talk is, is so powerful. And it's because you know, people constantly say, Ooch, I'm just so bad at this. I'm not good at this. I'm such. And they, in seven things in a row, they say what they're not good at. And so what are you good at? I'm a, I'm a great dad or I'm a great mother or I'm so good at crowns. I'm amazing. Hey, so focus on that. You're driving a nice car. Hey, I can afford this car. Look at my manicured hands on this wheel. Wow, I'm leaving the, the office and usually it's dark and it's lighter outside. You know what? I'm breathing deep. My my air, I'm good, good airway. Like instead of looking in the mirror and go, oh, my eyes look like they're tired. Hey, what are the seven things I can say that are positive? Like how good does that car feel? My car still has that new car scent. You know, I'm on, I'm on, a, I'm, on a, I'm having a dinner meeting tonight. I can't wait to meet that colleague or the study club really invigorates me. So I'm saying that tweaking that conversation to make it say, what am I happy about? What am I grateful for? And that whole thing about, you know, our energy flows, what we focus on. It's so true. Like yeah. I see so many people criticizing online. Facebook is full of sad sack travel stories. And, and what a sad sack travel stories lead to? More missed flights. Uh, I can't believe how my luggage ended up in Toledo and here I am in uh, Newark. Well, yeah, tell it to 4,000 people. So, <laughs> sorry, my mantra is I love traveling and yeah. traveling loves me. And I'm not gonna share my sad sack travel story. Hey, book the earliest flight out, go carry on and experience travel at its best and expect the best. And if it doesn't, go with the flow. But the last thing you'll see me is complaining online about uh, missed my luggage, can't stand this. Anyone out there want to cry with me? Uh, yeah. Guess what? Energy flows where your where your where your attention goes. So we're teaching self development. Why are we complaining online? And it builds a global angst of sadness and discontent and sharing sad sack travel stories. Uh, that's the last thing United or uh, American Airlines wants to hear. Share the good stories. I've got upgraded. Look at the room here, and you'll find you'll get upgraded more often and have more room. And that you'll find your seatmate is not taking off his shoes to show, have his smelly socks because. 
I love travel and travel loves me. I love travel and travel loves me. Amen, brother. And now go back. You said one of my favorite words that you taught me a while ago. And we actually did an episode on this way, way, way back. But the importance of breathing and breath. So like now I think about you and I'm like... And can you just real speak real quickly, just speak to the, to the implications of great breath. Like when you okay. take a breath. Okay. Uh, breath is so primordial since the, we first you know, set ourselves up, out, we jumped out of the water and we tried to gasp, you know, millions of years ago. Um, the brain does not know anything differently. The brain is eavesdropping on your breath of the 21,000 breaths we take. So if we're breathing shallow, the body thinks, Hey, what's wrong? What's the problem? Anytime your brain goes, what's wrong? What's the problem? Cortisol goes up blood sugar goes up, uh, blood pressure goes up, and we breathe shallow. So the average person, we have we're, our, our lungs hold four to six liters, and most people breathe at half liter at a time. So most people are breathing shallow all the time. If the brain, if your, your nervous system and your brain sense shallow breathing and mouth breathing, the default is, wonder what the stress is. You better go eat. Food is cheap. Go to Uber Eats. Eat, eat, eat in, do more anxiety relieving things. Well, if you breathe in through your nose, it's impossible to have your nervous system think negative, angry thoughts, breathing in through your nose. It disconnects immediately. You go from sympathetic to parasympathetic. So the more nasal breathing we do, the more we're in the moment, the more we're healing, the stronger our immune system, the more oxygen to our brain. And who doesn't want more oxygen to your brain? You think better, you have better wisdom, you can tap into left and right brain. I'm talking about Elon Musk, because he, he, he's tapping into the, 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 the crazy, out of this world ideas. Who knows if he's nasal breathing, but if you want access to both sides of your brain and all 85 billion neurons, nasal breathing will get you there. And you'll be a lot more fun to hang around because mouth breathing is a stressful, angst state where people think not approachable. You're breathing into your mouth, not approachable. Nose breathing, hey, who's that lady? Who's that guy? You know. Mm-hmm. So forget Tinder, nose breathe, and you will uh, <laughs> And you will have more success online dating, I tell you. Ooch, you're the best. You're the best. Now, I know I don't get you all day, and I'm going to have you back every single month. I, we're, I, I joked, we're going to call it 30 minutes every 30. Every, and you're going to give us great life, you know, health, you know, great thinking benefits that will help us enjoy this profession longer. But I want people to know more about you. I'm just telling you guys, if you have a study club and you haven't had Ooch speak, you're missing out. If you've been to a big meeting where Ooch is speaking and you haven't seen him, you're missing out. So, Ooch, how do I find out who you are? Are, follow you? What do you do? How do I reach out to you? Sure. Easiest is, is go to my website, drucci.com. So D-R-U-C-H-E.com. Instagram, I'm posting two, three times a day. My stories are not just look at me with Mar Martini. I'm sharing tips, a book I've read, an article I've read. So I love Instagram for the immediacy. I love the direct messages I get from people. I answer them myself. You know, I do my own. So Instagram is, is, is incredible. So Fit Speakers is mine. If you just look up my name and dentist, you'll, you'll find me. Um, this fall, I'm not lecturing now to the fall, but I'll be in Nashville at the Dental Economics uh, uh, Program. I will be uh, in uh, Wisconsin. I am going to be in uh, North Dakota, uh, probably about 10 or 11 cities come the fall. Uh, but otherwise, I love being engaged. I, I like Sometimes I have my own, like you, when we speak, we have our own agenda. But I, I love that Michelin star kind of thing. Like I want to see the audience and change. If I see a lot of maybe older people, guess what? It's a different kind of program. I see a lot of if I equal 50%, 50-50, male, female, different kind of program. A lot of young dentists, different kind of program. So I want to, I, I, I come there with my new books I've read and my articles, and I'll tweak it depending on what's going on. So I, I believe I'm leaving a, delivering a Michelin star experience, but I love that a la carte thing of tweaking it depending on where we go. And I love those direct messages. I want people to engage me so I can give them what they need to know. Yeah, and I've seen you several times. Not one lecture 
is like the one I've experienced before. Cause I know you're totally just rolling with it. Most of the time they are crazy unique. So buddy, I'm so grateful that you're on and I am just grateful that you're my friend. So thank you for being on, man. Hey, my pleasure. Kurt, yeah. from one to another. Absolutely. Well, stick around. We say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. I'm just telling you, you got to follow Ooch. Ooch will make your life better. Every time you get a chance to experience some of his stuff, I'm telling you, just use a little bit of it. It helps you so much. And if you can have a regular dose of it, even better. So keep sending us suggestions for things you guys want to see. I'll have Ooch back again and again and again. And until we see you guys next time. Keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.